Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You are going to encounter people in this world that will not receive the truth that you give them. They will listen, perhaps, for a time. Maybe they may be kind and entertain your words. But eventually, if they do not believe them, they will turn. They will become miserable and insufferable people whenever you mention Christ and what he has done for you and how he has saved this world. They are like that because they are not of God and they do not hear the words of God when you speak. They do not see the prophecies of the Old Testament being fulfilled in Jesus. They do not hear a gospel message that is good news for their heart and soul. They do not hear of peace or anything of the sort. For they have devised their own way to get to whatever heaven or paradise or place that they wish to go. They have no need of Christ. They have no need of his words. And they think they have no need of what he came to do. My mom said to me, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. You guys have heard it too. Okay. It wasn't just my mom. But Jesus isn't like that. He says a very stern word to these Jews that are opposing this word. He did have something not nice to say to them, which is that they are liars and murderers like their father, the devil. He says such a harsh word to them because they were obstinate, calloused in their heart to the words which he brought. He said this to them so that they would realize the great gravity in which they were teaching others to do as they were doing. By lying about who Jesus was, they were in fact becoming murderers themselves. Because in every way that they led one of the least of these to sin, these children and their fathers and their mothers, to trust in themselves and to turn themselves away from Christ, to yell crucify him as we will see in this coming week. They were being murderers. Now, for whatever reason, in the English translation here, it leaves out a very important word. Iona, that one would die into Iona, that is into eternity. When Jesus says that the one who shall keep my words will never see death, he is saying Iona, that is eternal death. How important is that? That what Jesus is telling these Jews even those who are opposed to his teaching, he is giving to them still a great and comforting message. It's like saying this, God in the garden never wanted Adam or Eve or any of their descendants to ever know, perceive, taste, touch, feel, see, whatever word you want to describe it, temporal death. They didn't know what death was. All they knew was they shouldn't have it. God said, don't eat of this, for that day you'll surely die. And 
Nobody wanted that. Well, it was until they were deceived. But Jesus is saying something just as similar now. Because they were not keeping the word of God, they lost life. When they abandoned God's word and did not hold it in their hearts and keep it and trust it, they lost life. But here Christ comes in the flesh to restore life. He all knows, everybody here knows, that you must face temporal death. The Jews know that you must face temporal death. That's what they say. Abraham died. The prophets died. Are you greater than these? Yes. I am God. That's what Jesus says at the end. That's why they want to stone him. But here, what is Jesus getting at? I am coming that you may have life and have it abundantly. I am coming so that whoever keeps my word shall never taste, perceive, know, or touch, or feel eternal death. He wants the same thing that was lost to Adam and Eve, to never be known by those he comes to save. To you. You don't know what eternal death is. Not even an unbeliever in this world right now understands eternal separation from God. Because every day God makes the sun to rise on the just and the unjust. He sends rain to all the fields. He gives breath to every living being. Believer and unbeliever. That is God's mercy. They won't recognize it, but we will. But there will come a day when that time will be over. And there will only be darkness for those who have turned away from God's word. There will only be eternal separation from God and the judgment of eternal death in the body, a suffering of hell. Jesus knows that. Jesus does not want anyone living from the generations following Adam and Eve to ever see, know, perceive, touch, feel, taste, anything like it. So he says, he who keeps my word will never see eternal death. What a glorious consolation that is for us. Christ came in the body. He came to dwell among his people. It is no coincidence that when he preaches this text, it is the, tab, it is the Feast of Booths or the Feast of Tabernacle. When God had come in the Old Testament, he tabernacled amongst his people. They had built the tabernacle, the glory of God covered it. He dwelled with his people and he led them through the wilderness. Jesus is saying, look now, I have come and I have tabernacled among you in the flesh. God for you. Follow me through the wilderness of this life and you will never see, taste, know eternal death. Keep my words. And the word is this, that the gospel has come to you. The good news that Christ, that is Jesus, the Savior, has been sacrificed on the altar of the cross. His blood has been spilled for the sins of the whole world. Abraham longed to see that day and he saw it. He saw it there on Mount Moriah. When there before he was about to slay his son physically, in his heart he had already sacrificed his son Isaac. But there God, he trusted, he trusted God would provide the sacrifice and God did. 
God provided the lamb for Abraham. He saw the day of Christ. He saw the day when God would send forth the spotless lamb to be sacrificed on the altar of the cross for our debt to sin. Our debt which stood against us. Eternal death. And Christ did it. He asked them, who of you can convict me of sin? None of them. Nobody had anything that they could say against Jesus' holy life. And believe it or not, not just Judaism, but also Christianity, right? In almost every other religion recognizes that Jesus was a holy man of God, even if they don't see him as the son of God. They all recognize that his life was holy and blameless. Do you see, the, you see what's going on here? They are obstinate to the word of God because they have hard hearts, not because they aren't receiving the truth. God came to change our lives. And those Jews that were teaching these heresies called Jesus a heretic, a Samaritan, say that Jesus has a demon, but he didn't have a demon. He had the Holy Spirit. And they could not stand the spirit who brings truth. Jesus wanted them to remember the prophecies, to see them all being fulfilled in him. Jesus wanted them to remember like the words of Daniel and the kingdom and the dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the most high. His kingdom shall be an everlasting kingdom and all dominions shall serve and obey him. But they would not preach it. They would not preach this. They were convinced that Jesus would not be able to save Abraham or the prophets or any of them from everlasting death. But how sad their life had become. Trusting in themselves, trusting in their own works. They could not see the beautiful treasure that stood before them. And the blessed doctrine that Christ came to bring. Because we know, as you heard in the Old Testament reading from Genesis, that the promise to Abraham was not just made to Abraham, but also to his seed. Not being many, but being one. It does not say, and to seeds, but as of one and to your seed, who is Christ. This was always to be a prophecy of Christ. That God makes all the worlds blessed through the seed who is Christ, the seed of Abraham. You and I recognize that all the world has been separated from God by sin. And there is only one who can overcome such sin. Who can raise us from the spiritual death to our transgressions. And bring us to life, a new life in Christ. And fill us not with a demon but with the Holy Spirit, and that is the Lord and Savior, Jesus. He changes our life, not just the way that we live in hope of, of Christ and eternal life, but he also changes the way that we die so that we live as we also die. Yes, all must die. This past week, I probably spent near 15 hours with a beloved member of Saints Peter and Paul. Her name was Viola, very faithful believer in Christ, ready to die in the Lord. 
God changes the way that a believer sits in the midst of death. And I want to share that to you. Jesus says, he who keeps my word shall never see eternal death. And that's true. Because in the midst of death, the true believers, filled with the gospel, trust and cling and hold fast to Jesus' promises that they shall pass from death into life. The true believers receive comfort and peace in the hours of death. They're not afraid. Maybe they have fears at a time, but then they hear again the words of God. They hear that their sins are forgiven, that they are as far as the east is from the west, and so they also know that they shall not be visited again by such sins. So therefore they can stand in the presence of God, clothed in the robe of Christ's righteousness, covered with his blood, washed and made clean. It's why their death is not seen as a terrible thing, but as a peaceful and a gentle sleep. A rest. They know that their bodies will be raised from the dead and they shall enter into eternal rest, into eternal life in the new heaven and the new earth. And in reality, a true believer doesn't even really see death, even temporal death, because it's lost its ferociousness, its teeth are gone. It lost those when it tried to take the man, Christ Jesus, and encountered God on the cross, choked, couldn't consume the Lord of life, they had to spit him back out. So even the believer can look at death and not even see it in the way that it is for those who do not know God. For they know that when their eyes be darkened with death, they will nevertheless be overcome with the light of Christ's glory and the eternal salvation that he has prepared for them. But the godless, the unbelievers, they do have something to fear. They obtain a great terror without Christ in death. They may search their hearts and try and grasp in the dark for any sort of hope or comfort. And they may tell themselves, well, I did what I wanted to do in life. And so there it is. But they have nothing to hold on to. Their family members watch them pass and they have no hope in which to mourn with. And so they grope around trying to remember the good memories that they had. That person lived such and such a good life, but really inside they're trembling with fear. Because they have no peace with God. Those who are the godless unbelievers, in their eyes and hearts, everything is dark. They see nothing. They see no good thing in Christ, and so they shall see no good thing in their death. They shall enter into everlasting death. They will not have the rod of their shepherd or the staff to lead them through the valley of the shadow of death as the believers do in this life, but they will be led into the torments of fiery hell. They are so often surrounded by such a great depth of despair and hopelessness. Their funerals are just the same as their life. 
full of despair. God came so that we might have life and have it abundantly. Christ Jesus came in the body with a tent not made with hands and dwelt among us so that we would be saved through his flesh. The word which God gives to us to keep is this blessed gospel. It must be kept in our hearts and seized, meditated upon day and night. It must be the thing that drives us back to this place to sing hymns of God's praise, to confess our sin, to receive holy absolution, and most especially to draw near to this altar where Christ's body and blood is given into your lips to take to taste and see that the Lord is, in fact, good. The Lord does not want you to taste everlasting death, and so he lets you feast on the body and blood of his Son so that you may taste everlasting life. Jesus says, Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. He says, You are truly my disciples if you keep my word. He said, Whoever loves me will keep my words. Whoever wants to be my disciples, let him daily take up his cross. He says these things for our benefit, so that we may, as we go through the wilderness of this world, follow Jesus, because we know where Jesus goes. We know what happens after Good Friday that he is raised on the third day, and we know that he ascends to the right hand of the Father as the mediator of the new covenant. And so we shall also see from this and know with great confidence that because Christ lives, we too shall live. And we shall reign in the kingdom of God, which he shall hand over to the saints of the Most High on the day of his coming judgment. And we shall inherit a kingdom an everlasting kingdom which will have no end. The last thing in which to say is this, that Jesus, upon hearing that these were going to come and pick up stones and throw it at him because he claimed in using the divine name that he was God, he said, I am. He goes and he hides himself and withdraws from the temple. He did not do this to escape death he would gladly confront his own death when it was the right hour. He did this because, as he said, no one, nothing can take my life from me, but I will gladly lay it down. And he gladly let himself be bound by betrayers, handed over, and there laid upon the altar of the cross, suffering and dying in our place, so that we might be the recipients of the joy and the comfort and peace that come through everlasting life. Guard and hold dear to your hearts the words of God, for they shall be your joy in this life, your peace in death, and your hope in the life for all those who have died in the faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all our understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord.